So, are you feeling better? Well, you know, yes, I suppose so. Yeah. Can't complain, really, can you? Well, you can. Can I? Yeah, people say I can't complain, but actually then they go on often to complain. So I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, now I've got no energy whatsoever. I mean, I'm better, but no energy. It's like that iPhone thing, like we said before, you know, the, with the, the old iPhone that you charge up for like six hours and then it goes after five minutes. That's me, that is. Yeah, I've had enough. If you're an iPhone, where can I plug something in to charge you? <laughs> Use your imagination. <laughs> Welcome everybody to episode 215, uh, 215 of your Mid-Faith Crisis podcasts, your finest Mid-Faith Crisis podcasts indeed. <laughs> and uh, I am Nick Page and they're you are. looking a lot better than last week. I Thank you. I feel a lot better than last week. That's true. Yeah. It's Joe Davis. Hello. Yeah. How, well, how are you doing? Well, um, yeah, okay. I'm ready to deliver, deliver, deliver this podcast. That's what I'm all about. Fantastic. <laughs> I just think let's manifest growth together. Yes. Yes. Growth, growth, growth. Sure. Are we going to talk about our fiscal policy? Because should we have a should we have a mini fiscal event? I'd I'd like that. I think so. Yeah. It was stupid, wasn't it? What the hell was a fiscal event? It wasn't a budget. It was a fiscal event. I'll tell you what it was. It was a fiscal blinking. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. That's what it was. But we do. Let's have a let's have a brief fiscal event then. Go on then. Shall we? Okay. Mm. Well, um, it's this this fiscal event which I haven't costed properly. No, of course not. Why would you? Because <laughs> hey, it's good enough for them. I don't need to. Do. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to say so. We <laughs> we had this great email this week from a. a wonderful listener who's supported us for well several years saying actually they can't afford to support us they're not going to support us anymore but they're still going to listen they love us but you know they can't afford to do that and I thought that was such a lovely thing of them to do and we've noticed that some giving has dropped off and you know occasionally another one starts so just wanted to say to the beautiful people who listen and yes I'm talking to you dear listener um thank you so much if you give if if things are tight we totally understand if you need to stop giving you know we're all in this together we're all noticing how little money we have at the end of the month and longing for payday so we get it and that's fine so if you need to amend your giving and equally if there are new listeners coming in and you can afford you know a cup of coffee a month for this drivel that we turn out then mm. then please do go to our uh, website at midfaithcrisis.org and, and and hit the give button because it really makes a massive difference to to nick and i and the whole quality of our lives <laughs> thank you is that is that a good uh, enough fiscal statement yes i i will have to make a u-turn on it next week obviously <laughs> it probably but, will. Uh, yeah. For the moment, I think we just have to watch the markets and see if we spook <laughs> them in any way. No, I agree. Thank you very much to everyone who gives, and of course we totally understand that it's times amazing. are times are very uncertain. Um, so, what else has been happening in the Davis household? Well, I'll tell you what's been happening. Uh, last weekend, it would be true to say that the woman to whom I married turned sixty years old. That's amazing. It is an extraordinary thing. There it is. I mean, we one minute you're walking around a school field trying to hold hands when no one's watching. 
and you're 15 years old and the next minute you're 60 years old it's oh that's good i thought i thought you'd been walking around a school field recently no, and, uh, no. It's like late, like a couple of weeks ago. Cause you're not, not really loud on the not premises. since the court order. Yeah. No, no, exactly. <laughs> and so I think well, that's amazing, isn't it? All the best people are sixty plus. I think. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, sadly, everything we had planned, and we had festivities planned with the kids in yeah, Bristol yeah. and her family here. We're going up for a bunch of, Everything got cancelled. But, you know, the good news is she had high energy me with her for the weekend. So that's lovely. What a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? The funny thing is, when Claire was um, 60 recently, well, no, not recently, a while back, but, and no, I should better be. Re- re- 10 years that. ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago. Uh, it was, I'd set loads of stuff up. I'd bought tickets to go to things, and I'd bought mm. tickets for the ballet, and tickets for the theatre, oh, and I'd yeah. booked a hotel, and, it, and then the lockdown hit. Oh, right. All cancelled. Of course. It's all gone. Yeah. So she too had had an even lower energy person to share her birthday with. <laughs> yeah, I know, poor woman. Yeah, I know. I sympathise. Yeah, so that was happening. Oh, and listen, now you would have loved this. I went to a poetry mm. night. Um, the fabulous Harry Baker is touring and he came to Worthing last night. Do you know Harry Baker? Are you familiar with the poet, Harry? He's just brilliant. An incredible uh, poet performance artist and writes amazing poems and uh, he's very very funny i'll send you some links to some of okay. his stuff he's all over youtube he's great so that was fun um really good oh and can i make another church announcement yeah I do yeah about tuesday the 8th of november um so mm-hmm. some time ago you remember we we're talking to leaders uh, you know people sort of in leadership in churches and some of the big issues that are coming out and basically we've got a an evening with dave Steele, which i'm going to curate with him and sort of interview him and we're going to talk about some of the big issues uh facing leaders and we're going to do it in a sort of webinar format uh through the zoom i believe so um watch this space i'll give further details next week we'll probably do it on an event uh, through Eventbrite so you book a ticket for it and just make a donation what you can afford uh, there won't be a set price or anything but um, if you can if you could do something to cover the costs that would be terrific and it would be with the fabulous Dave Steele and uh, more details to follow excellent put the date in your diary Tuesday the 8th of November 7.30 in the evening it's good Christian time start something mm. yeah I'll be washing my hair sadly oh good which um, one yeah my pet hair (laughs) now listen uh, enough about me what's going on with you my friend what's happening well we've sold our house what Mm. after years so we're house hunting and uh that's quite a big thing you know this year is my year of sort it out yes it is sort it out and things are getting rather too sorted, in my opinion. Um, I've got now got even more to sort out. So uh, anyway, yeah. So so basically, most of our sort of waking hours are spent scrolling through Right Move. Well, may I draw your attention to the house that is for sale five doors down the road here in Worthing? Imagine how good life could be. We could actually do this live together. We wouldn't have to do it over Zoom. You could come to the cinema with me every Monday night. I mean, think about that. We could walk on the beach, hand in hand, into the sunset. It's just a thought. I'm just thinking about it. (laughs) Anyway, we're looking up north, largely. uh... (laughs) 
rude. But uh, yeah, so that's quite a big thing. That's that is a that's big thing. Quite, well, I haven't moved for a long time, so I've taken quite a lot of stuff. Um, I've started my old English course Have today. You? Oh, yes, good Anglo-Saxon. You know, I remember I was getting interested yes. in it, and yeah. yeah. It's a bit frightening because it's all grammar and stuff at the moment, and I, I don't really do grammar. I don't understand it. <laughs> Shouldn't you be good at that? No. Well, the thing is, I I went to comprehend a bog standard, as they say, comprehensive school in the nineteen seventies when grammar was terribly out of fashion, okay. and um, so I never learnt any of the terms really. And so they all talk about sort of nominative and dative and accusative tenses. Oh, yeah, no. What are they? You know, he was talked about following the feminine singular. And I thought, well, that's 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 a criminal offence, isn't You're it? You're not allowed Stalking. to do that now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You don't want to do that. Um, anyway, it's, but so I'm a bit worried about it. Surely it should be a non-binary singular now. Or... <laughs> Indeed, yeah, the, yeah. Everything should be the neuter. Really, <laughs> yeah, intense. exactly. Yeah, so it's all that. Um, um, but I, but it is, what I love about it is... It's got this sort of shows you where these things came from. So he was running through um, Anglo-Saxon old English words for flowers. Uh, it was, there was one that came up that was really lovely, and it was called the the Dayas Air. The Dayas Air. The Dayas Air. The Dayas Air. Do you know what that is? It was the Daisy. Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> Dayas Air. It's the Dayas Daisy, Air. and it means the day's eyes. Oh. The eye of the day. Nice. And it's not wonderful. So it's like a thousand years ago, yeah. people before that, you know, 1,200, 1,300 years ago, people were using this and this word has sort of stayed with us. And I, I love all that. I love the roots yeah. of things. I think you that's do really love what that, I'm interested don't you? in. Yeah. Well, it's it's not uninteresting, I have to say. So well, <laughs> so well done for one. That's I mean, the... it's not like going round an old church, is it? I mean, that well, is actually like that because, of course, oh. the word church oh, is no. Anglo it's Old English. Chiriche was church, mm. and that's so it's. Uh, it, I think this will enhance our church visits in the future. And if I move to Worthing, I could take you around loads of churches almost every week. It's a terrible idea. You could never afford to live down here. Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been doing that. Uh, so, that's done my head in slightly. But, uh, yeah, apart from that, I'm all right. Good, thank you. Yeah. Well, good. Well, here we are. Let's do a podcast. Okay, what are we going to do? We're going to do feedback. Yeah, let's. Okay, let's just start with a nice, nice couple of questions. First of all, uh, one from Gary. Gary said, just wanted to say I'm one of your 17 listeners here in Austin, Texas. I bought a few of Nick's books, including the Badly Behaved Bible. No trouble getting them shipped here, he says. So that's good. Excellent. Good and well encouraging done. news. Thank you very much. And for all hmm. our American listeners, don't forget, you can get Nick's books. They're available and they can be shipped to the United States. Ye and indeed ha, as I believe they say. Yeah, they do. Um, All of them. Yeah. Oh, well oh, yeah. Well done for Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> nothing if not culturally relevant. Yes. <laughs> Mark says this. Dear Joe and Nick, uh, he said, although I've heard both of you speak in the past, I've only just come across the podcast six years late. Yeah, and that reminded me that uh, he's working through them now. And he had oh, some okay. other questions well done, things, which I haven't bothered doing. But, uh, but thank you, Mark, and welcome to the podcast. But he does raise an important point that isn't it our birthday about now? Oh. Yeah, I know. And, and you forgot, and it hurts. That's all I'm saying. It's six years, I believe. Six Is it really? long years. <laughs> We're going to do six episodes. We've done it for six years. That's amazing, if that's the case. <laughs> a poor, long-suffering listener. Do you think we should be supporting them? 
Well, they don't have to listen. I mean, think about me. I have to be here. <laughs> That's true. I don't get the option. They can always turn it off. <laughs> OK. Well, careful, they might. Now, Catherine says this. Catherine says, Dear Joe Nick, this is a very belated, brackets, I'm not very efficient, thank you for the week away at Lee Abbey. Remember that? That was this year. That was happy. That's incredible. Yeah, she says that. Mm. Back in June. Everything was fabulous. The setting was glorious. I've never uh, before been to a conference where the view during the coffee break was quite so stunning. It was lovely to be amongst people with whom it was all right to say what you think without the nagging feeling that you might be outed as a heretic at any moment. I really appreciated the relaxed and good humour and wisdom of the sessions. And she says, there are lots of thoughts and ideas that continue to resonate, in particular the idea that one might dance with the Bible. This was you, I think, that was talking about this. Yeah, the image of the Bible being a place to meet God rather than it being the arbiter of truth and good behaviour, like a very stern tutor with whom you're forced to meet every morning, bringing along the Mm -hmm. homework of your life. A tutor who is sometimes nice but might tell you off at any moment and who definitely doesn't think it's a good idea to go and play outside. He says, these days, my Christian life feels much freer, much more like it happens in the open air. And that is such a relief. If I want an image to hold in mind for what that feels like on the days when the tutor makes an uninvited reappearance, then coffee break conversations at Lee Abbey in the sunshine with that glorious view of hills and cliffs and sea is a pretty good one. So thank you. And that's best wishes from Catherine. And she says she's been playing with the podcasting space. She's, she's been doing her own podcast. How about that? Oh, okay. That's how inspiring you are. Well, not me, but both. I mean, Lee Abbey is inspiring, isn't it? Well, Lee Abbey um, is inspiring. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Thank you very much, Catherine. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of uh, spending time with the Bible, but also playing outside. I think that's great. That's really yeah. rich metaphor. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, okay, so let's finish with this one because I think this will spark conversation and a few things I wanted to reflect on with you. And this is from Jill, and she says, "Hi, love the podcast, and thank you many times over." She says, "Have never emailed before, but listened to podcast two hundred and ten on following Jesus." Uh, I was in huge agreement regarding the fact that the church argue over and over again over theological issues that really are incidental to following Jesus. Says I have also left the organisation of church for a variety of reasons, but this played a large part. I do, however, meet with a few other believers from various backgrounds who also struggle with the concept and exclusivity of the church. And then she sort of mentions a particular uh, issue uh, that comes in uh, for for her. And uh, and yeah, she says it's all about following Jesus and that might lead people in different directions. But ultimately, it's our relationship with him that matters. And then she says many thanks and keep going. So uh, that's from Jill. Thank you, Jill. Yeah, thank you for that. And, and, and I feel it does beg the question and one that I was sort of reflecting on coming back from America, which I think would be interesting to discuss with you, which is when did the church really sort of turn following Jesus into a sort of private members club, you know, with rules. Mm. Like, you know, you, yeah, if you're straight, you're in. If you're gay, you're not in. If you do this, you know, if you live with someone, then you're not in. But if you're married, then you are in. And, you know, all those kind of things, which... Well, I I suppose the thing is the church has always had rules. And, you know, it has to have some rules. You can't have... I suppose it does, yeah. You can't have no rule. You can't have... Otherwise, you, there's nothing that coheres you together at all. No, sure. You know? I, yeah. So yeah. so the church has always had rules. I think if you 
want me to reflect just a little bit on the early church. The early church yeah, had less, I think, doctrinal rules for the simple reason they had less doctrine. Yes. Um, you know, so what we can tell about that sort of joining was actually it was a very, in a sense, private thing because um, it was Christianity was for much of the uh, sort of pre-Christendom days, you know, illicit, if not actually illegal. So you didn't open it up. But your method of joining was to show that your life had changed. So, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. If I wanted, yeah. if you wanted to join the early church, Joe, you would have to find a sponsor first, someone like me, and I would take you along to a meeting, and then you'd be taught about Jesus, and then your life would be expected to change. And when your life was, when it was, there was sufficient change in your life, when people saw that you were living a godly life, yeah, as they put it. Then you were, it was only then you were invited into some other meetings, which might be about more specific sort of doctrinal things. So I think it's really interesting because we uh, have, you know, we always talk, we used to talk a lot in terms of sort of youth work about believing and belonging and whether you should belong before you believe and all this kind of stuff. Well, and how it altered your behavior. But I think they had very high standards in terms of behavior. Uh, to start with. Yeah. And and they had to have that because, yeah, you couldn't just allow anyone into your meetings. The same thing is true of many persecuted church congregations around the world. They can't just allow anyone in because it might be a spy. Yeah, so you, sure. So there okay. were all kinds of conditions. I think it's about how far does... Bec- well, well, I think about two things, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. I say interested. You know, <laughs> we need to make a podcast. Yeah. But no, I I think it's about, firstly, the the... How many of our rules have become doctrinal rather than behavioural? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And secondly, when does that cross over into a place that keeps people out rather than encourages people to join? Well, OK, so let me just... We're coming back to this because I think this is a really important point. If the rules are about sort of following Jesus, no problem, because yeah. that's surely what a Christian is, someone who follows Jesus. But when it becomes about doctrine, so for example, I can reveal exclusively that I'm going to hell. Oh, are you? Yeah, I know. For the Franklin Graham tells me so. So this was a <laughs> this this was a lovely article. Uh, here it okay. is. Progressive Christianity can lead you to hell. And then he points out in this lovely article, and it's good of him to do that, really, Mm. how Mm. if we don't have exactly the same view of him on the atoning blood of Jesus on the cross, then you are, in fact, in danger of going to hell. Right. Good. And 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 if you preach it, you can send other people to hell. Well, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. So you're a super spreader. (laughs) You are basically of hell. Of hellfire. Yeah. So that was nice of him to point that out. Lovely little article there. Let me put that on our Facebook page. Um, so, so yeah, so there's, you know, you've got, you know, Billy Graham's son telling me I'm going to hell because I don't share exactly his view of the atonement. Mm. Um, when I was in doing the workshops in America, there were some certain stories that... Um, that you know i was i was left with and 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 just sort of shocked by really one was a guy who who made a comment what the pastor who was in our workshop he made a comment that was perceived as slightly anti-trump 200 people left his church oh blimey 
Yeah, and that leaves the church in chaos with giving and then mm. making redundancies and stuff. And there were other people there had been really hurt by mass walkouts of people. Um, one church leader was saying because, you know, a, a whole load of people went because they perceived that the church was doing too much for the poor. And so when they left, yeah. <laughs> I and shouldn't then, laugh. But no, but yeah, 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 I know. What, what kind of church is that? Yeah, honestly. I know, honestly. Pull yourself together. <laughs> and then, you, you know, there was another wonderful woman there who, who'd been a, an industry leader. So she'd been a trainer. She'd, she'd been speaking to CEOs of you know top 500 industries and you know done all this and now she's she's gone on the staff team in the church i didn't have time to really ask her why she did this actually but she's on the staff team but she can't lead she's not allowed to lead men so she can only talk to women i mean it, yeah it just defies so you know there's another rule you know that i just find yeah. extraordinary and then there was this other church leader uh, talking to me about just how divided, you know, heartbroken, tear-filled eyes, you know, talking about the na- the state of the nation, the state of the church and how at his church, they do a camp every year and it's a lovely time. It's a bonding time. It's a time of fun and getting together and deepening relationships. They have to have two camps now. They have to have one for the Democrats and one for the Republicans. They don't do one, just one church mm-hmm. event anymore. So it, so, so you know, I came away with all these sort of things buzzing in my head, but I did also have COVID, so I wasn't able to process them, but I'm processing them now. And I think it, it goes back to Jill's question and back to this thing we're reflecting on about, you know, the, the rules and the, uh, and, and the way the church has come to define itself. You're in the club if you sign up to this stuff. Yeah, if you don't criticise Trump, you're in. Or you're in if you know if you're if you're a woman, so long as you'd have no aspirations to lead men. Or you're in if you have exactly the right view of the atonement. But if you deviate from that, you're definitely out. Not only you're out, you're going to hell. You know. Mm. I mean, lovely to be that fear-based. You know, I'm. I've been thinking recently, which coming up to Advent, and you know, you hear those words of the angel, "Fear not," and how we mm. need to hear that. I feel at this time, fear not. Fear not, God's with you. It's all going to be all right. But you know, there there is a there is a prominent church person using fear, the fear and the threat of hell, to drive people into uniform behaviour and mm. uniformity and getting behind basically everything he believes is the correct doctrine. I think the fear thing is very um, true and very powerful. I actually looked the other day. I I, I haven't got the exact data on this i must look it up but i think I, i've come to the think feeling that jesus probably taught said more about fear than almost anything else Interesting. and he said he because he mentions it sort of like being afraid or do particularly mm. the phrase do not be afraid mm. which comes up and again or why are you scared or why are you fearful and and about 40 times or something he says it he, he uses this in the gospels it's it's almost like jesus was quite good news for people well you, you'd have thought that but i think you'll find the disciples had to go on separate summer camps <laughs> uh, because some were zealots and, yeah, and uh, exactly. some were whatever the opposite was um <laughs> the progressive zealots probably. yeah um, so i think that, so here's the thing. You, I do think you've got to have you've, you've got to have doctrine. I mean, the question is, how much doctrine does anyone really need? 
So, so we, you... we have doctrine. Yes, of course you have doctrine. No, well, we let, doctrine. let me just press down on this a bit. I'm sure you're right. Okay. I'm just, I'm just for the sake of making an interesting podcast. Don't you need? <laughs> do do you have to have do, do you have to or can you say these are the values this is what jesus stood for and these are our values but that is doctrinal isn't it it's kind of like is it? if you say well the statement god is love is a doctrinal statement yeah but it doesn't feel like it's uh it's cutting people off so it's not saying and believe this or you go to hell no it's that's what i mean i think everybody yeah Every church has to have some doctrine because it has to have things that, you know, we hold up onto. I mean, yeah. you know, the okay. the gospel that, that we wrote and all that kind of stuff, that's mm. my doctrine. That's yeah, what sure. I okay. believe. The question is, how much layers of how many layers of doctrine do you need? Yeah. If you have this idea that if you if you are doctrinally incorrect about certain things, mm. then you're going to hell. Then you need very many layers of doctrine. Yes. You need to be. Yeah. It's like rocket science, you know. It is yeah. because it, it, any tiny thing that's wrong, and the whole ship blows up. Yeah. But I think that's the problem: is that the layers of doctrine became greater and greater and greater. The layers of theological sort of nuance became more and more sort of uh, minute. And I think if you ally that to this idea that yeah, if you get that wrong, if it's like an exam, and you don't pass your exam, you're going to to hell. Then it does become very strong for people because it becomes what we talked about before, a salvation issue. Now I think some things are salvation issues in the sense that if you walk in that way, you will be you will find salvation for your soul. You'll find rest yeah, for your right, soul. Sure. You'll, yeah, you'll yeah, move in a okay. Godward's direction. So I'm not against that phrase. It's just that that I think that firstly, you know, the, one of the big problems is that 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 the thing became so complex and the basic tenets of what it means to be a Christian, one of which is spending time with one another, sharing a meal together and being quite nice to one another. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, which is really what Paul's writing about in Corinthians. He's writing about a, a people sharing meals but not actually being nice to each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's fundamentally what he's addressing and he's saying, how can you... Say you're followers of Christ. If you're, you know, you're some having the best food, some are eating before the others. It's a divisive yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that's one of the things. And and the other thing is that once the church becomes an income generating machine, mm. once it becomes about money, and, and and this could be any level. It's not to do yeah. with sort of Christendom. It could do, be a church outside of that. Then doctrine and the rules become a way of manipulating who's in charge it absolutely does yeah and so you can monetize doctrine yeah because you could say right this is the correct doctrine and anyone who believes in that comes to our church yeah um and 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 so i think that those things um you sort of infect stuff that's what makes the church an exclusive thing because you're not going to sit down with anyone it seems to me one of the things about jesus was he sat down with anyone yeah absolutely he just, he, you know he doesn't seem to be proud at all really with anybody um whereas actually we turned it into a kind of no you're you know we 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 threw out all the jewish purity laws and put brought in a load of um you know different Our own ones. purity yeah. laws yeah yeah, yeah. Agreed. So I think that the balance between doctrine and godly living, if you want to use an old-fashioned term, can easily get um, 
sort of over, uh, unbalanced. Yeah, and it completely has got unbalanced, hasn't it? Because I don't see many churches talking about behaviour. I see them having their own statements of faith. It's all about, you know, we believe in God, the Holy Father, da 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 and then, you know, whether it's begotten or not begotten and his son and, you know, and we believe there'll be a judgment day and, you know, blah, 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 blah which, you know, mm, some mm. people believe and some people don't. It's never often tested, is it, really, uh, whether you sign <laughs> up to the entire statement of faith or not, because it's not really considered that important. But I think the feeling is that they have to have a statement of faith and people probably, when they want to join or become a member of the church or whatever it is or get baptised, they ought to assent to all of those core beliefs whereas i think it'd be great if we said look if you're a nasty bit of work you can't be a of course you can't you know <laughs> follows as jesus yeah. a kind gracious loving people they want to change the world with this revolution of jesus love mm. yeah why isn't that the statement of faith well it is and and i think i think the thing is when you look at statements of faith i mean a lot of them are just so open to different sort of interpretations anyway you know how that things work or what people mean by that that i'm not sure really at that level what function they hold i mean i i've often talked about being a sort of creedal christian you mm. know and i i think this the simply the the you know the the nicaea creed or whatever you want to call it the, mm. the creed that we recite i'm happy with that mm. because actually it's not really a statement of doctrine so much as a statement we believe this happened that happened we believe god mm. is like this we believe god mm. you know jesus is that and and as Rowan Williams says, it takes you to the edge of mystery because it doesn't actually go on to explain any of the mechanics. Yeah. But it also doesn't say much about behaviour, does it? It doesn't say anything about behaviour. Just tells, No, it doesn't. Tells and that is a good about point. God. Yeah, that is a good point. It doesn't go on to say, and therefore we were going to behave like this. Yeah. But what you were saying about churches, actually, I think one of the things that I'm picking up in terms of talking to churches and church leaders now particularly post-covid is that the issue of discipleship is more on churches minds than ever before well i hope so it needs to be well i think it i think one of the good things about it is is that it's it's perhaps linked to waning influence you know as the yeah. church has less political influence less monetary influence and all that kind of stuff yeah. it can actually escape all this business and focus on you know just being more like Christ. <laughs> because there's no money in that, really. Yeah. So you might as well go for it. It takes really. a loss of money and power to get us back to what we're meant to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? And and you were saying about that church that lost a lot of members oh. and, and it affected all their ministry or something. Yeah, it did. But then you have to ask questions about, well, how have we, how have we developed a system whereby... A, a, a critique a, a, a couple of words can ruin the finance it's really it's exactly what we joked about at the beginning it's it's basically that, a, that an ill-timed statement can spook the theological market <laughs> it's exactly what it is <laughs> isn't it yeah, isn't it, it it's is. exactly suddenly yeah. all the investors leave <laughs> exactly yeah you've gone all liberal <laughs> exactly and then you get the imf involved in the form of the southern baptists or Franklin <laughs> yeah sorry calling the big guns yeah yeah so so i think that you end up uh, you know looking over your shoulder and worrying about what you can say what you can't say because you've got you're part of a system that's you know got to keep the money rolling in yes indeed 
Speaking of which, I need to go soon because it's our church tonight. So. Oh yeah, okay. Well, how's that going financially? Is it going well? <laughs> yeah. We we haven't yet had an offering in the <laughs> in the however many years we've been doing this. That's amazing. Should, oh, you should really pass the plate. People bring that, food, <laughs> which is nice. We share out the food. That's, that's your best kind of offering, isn't it? Oh that's, yeah, totally. Love that, and that's compulsory. That's part of the creed. Yeah. If you actually ran a big church, can you imagine? You pass the plate around, but it'd be an actual plate. Yeah, yeah. And there better be some cheese on it by the time it gets back. Or we're going again. <laughs> People would have to bring in cheese every week. Yeah, <laughs> church. Exactly. Oh, that is a vision. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, listen, it is about behaviour. I mean, I'm sure we've just, I'm sure we've said some things that are just naive and stupid and, you know, there must be leaders out there thinking you don't know what you're talking about. In which case... Well, which case they could blooming well write in, couldn't they? To joe at midfaithcrisis.org. That would be wonderful. We'd love to hear from you. Come on, don't let us ramble on this rubbish. What do you think? <laughs> What's your creeds? <laughs> yeah, and um, and I think in the meantime, how do we respond to it? Well, you know, maybe by thinking what can what can we do to be christ-like what can we yeah, do exactly. to, to to show that our behavior qualifies us yeah in exactly that sense, well look be... here's the thing and uh, you know we never know how to finish podcast do we well to be fair we're not very good at starting <laughs> yeah, either. No, it's true. but here's the verse uh, that uh, those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while will know that we've spent a lot of time with and uh, it's colossians 3 verse 12 and uh, it's just you know i think every now and then when you're when the world seems chaos, when you just don't know what to do, I need something simple. And here's a verse plucked out of context, but actually I honestly don't think it matters. And it says this, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. So if you if you're one of those people who are thinking, I just do not know what to do at the moment, then Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience and dish that out to the next person you come into contact with and you won't go far wrong, I don't think. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you Thank you for the people who wrote in and thank you, as we said at the beginning, for everyone who contributes and supports the podcast. That's really great. And we will be back with you next week, assuming that I haven't excommunicated Joe, because there was some very dodgy doctrine in there. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs>